Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Hello everybody. Um, what, instead of our kind of usual uh, me and Andy talking episodes, we've got an interview coming up. And this is actually kind of a repeat performance from one of our biggest ever interview um, subjects, I suppose is the mm. word describing. Mm. Um, so we've got Tim Ferriss, who is the author of The 4-Hour Workweek, um, which is kind of a pretty influential um, business book who we interviewed um, about the kind of um, you know his book there but he's recently got a book out called The 4-Hour Chef so he's kind of got these series of books about kind of The um, 4-Hour Chef and we're going to be talking to him about how he's promoted that book digitally online and some of the lessons he's learned um, on becoming a New York Times bestseller um, and you know how we can take some of that success that he's had and apply that to our own businesses or client campaigns so here it comes enjoy so you've got a new book um, coming out, Tim, called The 4-Hour Chef. Can you talk a little bit about the background of that book and kind of some of the, what kind of, you know, the, how the genesis for that idea came about? Absolutely. It's a bit of an odd one because I am a somewhat famous, uh, hesitant cook, lifelong non-cook. <laughs> <laughs> and the way this came about is my, my readers had been asking me for the last four or five years for something like The 4-Hour Mind or The 4-Hour Expert, a book on accelerated learning. And the problem was I tried to do that in the past a few different times, and it was always very boring and abstract without a context. So what I decided to do with this book is tackle something that I had failed at several times, cooking, and chronicle the entire process of trying to deconstruct and hack that skill. And Mm. The 4-Hour Chef is really a guide to accelerated learning, but the vehicle that I use is my journeys and misadventures and adventures in the world of cooking around the world trying to emulate the world's best chefs, the world's best learners, ranging from chess prodigies to professional athletes. And uh, in that way, I think it's, it's the, the cookbook for people who don't buy cookbooks. And the real recipe is this process of, of meta-learning that you can apply to languages or sports or anything in between. No, interesting. Yeah, to kind of have those dual aspects going on there at once. So it's the one on the one hand, yeah, it is a book about cooking, but it's also a book about learning. So can you talk a little bit about kind of some of those steps you go through in that kind of meta learning? I know it's kind of a whole book's worth of material there, but any kind of particular tips or lessons that you've picked up that you think for people kind of potentially looking to pick up a new skill, um, you know, could could implement? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there are a few things. Uh, the the steps roughly that like the basic framework is deconstruction 
selection and then sequencing. So how do you break a complex skill down into manageable pieces? Then how do you do an 80-20 analysis to choose the most important principles or techniques and also identify the time sucks? So the 20% of things you shouldn't waste 80% of your time on. Mm -hmm. And then how do you put them in the proper order? So for instance, with languages, let's say Chinese characters or something that seems very, very difficult like that, you can break it down, even if they're 10,000 characters, down to about you know 200 radicals, these little Lego pieces that all the characters are composed of. And in doing so, you, you then can pick, let's say, the, the characters, in Japanese in particular, that the newspapers are limited to. And you can really knock out a 1,000, 2,000 characters in a month or two. I mean, you can become functionally literate in Japanese in a very, very short period of time uh, by, by then putting it in a very logical progression. And I think one of the most interesting things perhaps to a marketing audience uh, would be that the process of emulating, let's say, a world-class golfer or a world-class language learner can be applied to the world of business. So I have uh, different questions that you can ask experts, whether it's what have you, what are the most common mistakes, time-consuming mistakes that novices make? You know, what are the books that misguide people? What are the, uh, the things that you do out of order that that, uh, that have been very effective. So for instance, in my case, I always choose my market, my 1000 true fans that I'm targeting and then design a product around that. I never design a product and then try to determine how to market it. And I think that you can pick those gems out really, really easily once you have a framework for doing that. And that's, that's sort of the objective of the book. And I suppose, yeah, in many ways, a kind of a, a, a technical discipline is in kind of many ways quite similar to a language, you know, even in terms of, you know, like whether it's learning how to, uh, to gain a new skill in terms of design websites or, you know, pick up a programming language or that type of thing. It's all very similar, isn't it, in, in that process? It, it's very, very similar. I mean, whether you're trying to learn Spanish, whether you're trying to build a really high converting website or learn uh, Ruby or Ruby on Rails, the process is really the same. I mean, what you're looking for, if you think about it, you know, an algorithm, let's just say that a computer executes or a recipe, they're very, very similar. It's just a series of steps that reliably produce a certain result. And that's what you want, right? If you're trying to design a campaign, it's like, at what point do you test the creative? At what point do you, you do like a retargeting campaign, which I'm doing right now, for instance? At what point do you launch a trailer video? All of these things shouldn't be haphazard or under pressure at the last minute. You should have a plan. And I think that's, uh, that's very portable to all of these things. And I, I suppose that kind of process that you talked about, about kind of getting down to the essence is kind of, it's been involved in kind of a lot of your work, isn't it? So, but I know, you know, for our work week, particularly, you kind of like, it was really about concentrating on the elements of the work that you add the value to and kind of understanding, you know, what is necessary and what isn't necessary in that mix. You know, your life must have changed a huge amount since um, the writing of that book. It, it, do, you, do you still kind of adhere to a lot of those principles you talked about there? Is your philosophy, you know, evolved a little bit from there? Or do you kind of still kind of, is that a pretty close reflection? of how you go about your, um, your, your working life, Tim? Yeah, that's a great question because we, we connected ages ago <laughs> yeah. before the whole storm kicked off in a way. And uh, I would say I definitely do adhere to b- the, the last two books. It has become a lot more challenging and I'm actually going to hopefully write a post at some point soon about that. But the fact that with, let's say, lifestyle design or 80-20 analysis, this type of thing. It, it's not as if you, you flip a switch and then you're done. You know, you make that change for a month and then you're done. It, it is really like exercise in the sense that you have to, you have to continually sharpen the saw. So 
for me, when the four hour work week came out, nobody had any idea who I was. I had nothing coming inbound at me really. And in, in a way that made it very easy. Uh, and these days it's, it's much more challenging because I have so much noise coming at me and I've developed, I think some more refined skills as it relates to certain aspects like email, for instance, uh, that, that, uh, that, that have improved upon in certain ways what was in the book. And I think a lot of that is due to new technology. So whether that's tools like email game, which is uh, made by Baden, B-A-Y-D-I-N, but it's a, it's a free website that you can use to go through your Gmail about 50, uh, in about 50% of the time because it never takes you to the inbox. You go sequentially through each email and it just removes the number of clicks that you have to handle and it also allows you to schedule emails for later delivery, so you're not clogging up your inbox. But uh, I, I think I do adhere to the principles absolutely. But we all slip every once in a while, and then it's a matter of getting back up and fixing uh, fixing things. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's it. And it's kind of as you as you say, there's kind of that you know the new new tool, the new functionality out there that enables you to do some new things. Potentially, there's improvements that you make there as well. Yeah. So I know that um, you know in the, in the ups to your, you know, particularly um, the four-hour body, you you kind of really took the marketing, you know, a blitz really of the marketing for the launch of that. What are some of the things you've got planned for the run-up um, to the four-hour um, chef? Because I think what was really interesting to me, kind of, although I've you know never produced a book like that, you know, understanding the process that you went through to launch that kind of taught me a lot about kind of launching products. So, is there any particular bits that you've kind of got in mind or new things you're trying out that you're hoping that will work well in the launch of this book? Yeah, there there are. I learned a lot through the last few launches, and I think the Four Hour Body was a, a, a refined approach to uh, to book publishing in this particular case. With this book, uh, what makes it very interesting is, among other things, is that it's the first major acquisition of Amazon Publishing. So Amazon Publishing is based out of New York. They were launched with the announcement of this book about a year ago and are competing against all the big publishers. And so what, what makes that very interesting is Amazon is the only publisher, if you think about it, that can communicate directly with its readers. All of the other publishers, let's say Penguin or whomever, they sell to the head buyer at Barnes & Noble. They sell to the head buyer at you know, fill-in-the-blank retailer, whereas Amazon can email millions of customers. So I, I'm, the reason that I was willing to take a risk with Amazon which has come, which has become a reality. I'm being boycotted by Barnes and Noble and all these other retailers, is because they have that capability. So I think that there there will be, uh, you know, hopefully quite a lot of very innovative on-site promotion. I have a much more flexibility to work with Amazon, which I think can be kind of seen as a black box for a lot of authors. Uh, but outside of outside of that, because I know that not not everyone can call up Amazon and work with them directly. Uh, the micro serialization of content, I think, w- is is very important. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, cutting out many different excerpts that are custom tailored, perfect for specific audiences, and disseminating that widely is very important. And what I came to realize is that I approach uh, media very differently than most. Uh, what I mean by that is, I don't take, let's say, a cookbook where this might be categorized and say, okay, what are the top 10 cooking outlets that I can go after. What I do instead is I say, what are the top 10 audiences that I want to have, whether that's, uh, you know, you name it, I'm just making these up, but like Forbes magazine or women's health or whatever it might be. And then how do I, how do I craft a story angle or a how to piece that uses content that specifically hits that audience? And 
that that is, I think, something that is almost universally neglected uh, by people who have products coming out. Is they they look only for outlets that appear to be in the same pond, and uh, I find that the you know hitting my primary demographic, which I would say is probably my my first target, and the target is not the market. We can talk about that, but let's just say the twenty to forty year old tech savvy male audience. That's my first target. And then they yeah. broadcast, I get the females in that same audience, and then it sort of spreads out both psychographically and age-wise. Uh, I try to hit that audience in as many verticals as possible uh, during a very compressed period of time, as you noted. So a lot of people will do stuff over, you know, they'll do a book tour for two months, and I want a surround sound effect that I can only achieve if I compress it into, let's say, one week or two weeks. And I suppose potentially that makes the kind of the 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 organisation of that, you know, because it's kind of that focus that's that build up to a crescendo potentially a little bit easier to deal with there. Because I can imagine, you know, um, it's the you know, you, you know, it's that really concentrating on the launch for one period of time, scheduling interviews, you know, serialising, building those relationships in a, a small space of time can often be, you know, yeah, it's going to amplify the effect of that. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you, you want to be as ubiquitous as possible to your target. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Get, let's just say, 1,000 true fans, and that's, of course, referring to an article by Kevin Kelly, founding editor of Wired Magazine, which is the one of the, the most important articles you could possibly read on marketing, uh, 1,000 True Fans. Uh, the other that I recommend is actually a very recent piece by Tim O'Reilly uh, of O'Reilly Publishing, who wrote a piece on his LinkedIn called The Truth About Social Media, uh, which was just it's a fantastic marketing piece and really explains, I think, how to best go about doing these things. So it's not, it's more of a unified approach as opposed to a piecemeal opportunistic thing that you can never replicate. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I, I'm very excited. And there are also new tools that I'm hoping to experiment with, whether that's 
Pinterest, for instance. I mean, one of my one of my friends runs a a clothing company, in effect, and it's, they're very successful. Seventy five percent of their their uh, sales growth has come from Pinterest that they have that they have not managed at all, just from fans. It's it's um, yeah. inc- it's incredible. Uh, other other things would would relate to, for instance, Facebook and apps that that land on top of Facebook. So there are. Uh, applications that allow you now to have your fans reply with sold, the word sold, in a comment and therefore uh, initiate a purchase of something that you put up as a comment. Uh, So there are some very interesting technologies that really just weren't available two years ago that I'll certainly be uh, experimenting with. The the other, uh, I could go on and on, of course, but I think one of the other things is that, that I really focus on is disseminating the product as widely as possible if you believe wholeheartedly in it. And what I mean by that is I, I take a very aggressive sampling approach with my books where I will try to get my books to uh, events, for instance, in gift bags to attendees if I view them as tastemakers and thought leaders in their space. And I'm willing to incur a pretty heavy uh, financial cost to get that done. Um, but it's, uh, I, I have at least found it to be extremely effective. And I suppose that's an, an additional benefit to working with the Amazon relationship there as well, is that it kind of gives you a flexibility to do, you know, maybe go about that in a slightly different way than perhaps you would have done with a traditional publisher, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, what's, what's, what's really nice about Amazon, and I think a lot of people miss if they're looking at it just from a public stock standpoint, is they're like, oh, they're looking at the quarterly profits and whatnot. But what Amazon has been really good at doing is driving everything back into growth and development and new products. Uh, and they're really aggressive <laughs> in a good way for me. Like yeah. they, they are happy to experiment. And that's, that I think is very unusual in the publishing space. Um, but uh, the, I think the, the other aspect that I would emphasize with this particular book, you know, The 4-Hour Chef, because we're dealing with tangible uh, outcomes, just mm-hmm. like 4-Hour Body. And this is something I noticed is that if you can encourage people to share what they produce, whether that's a before and after photograph, progress photographs in the case of the four-hour body, uh, dishes, cocktails, whatever it might be, you know, bacon-infused bourbon, uh, in the case of the four-hour chef, if you can provide them with a framework for sharing that and helping one another and broadcasting, that you very quickly get to a point where you no longer have to push on the marketing. It becomes Mm. self-sustaining. I suppose, yeah, a bit like the white earphones on the iPod kind of thing almost, isn't it? It's that, that by people successfully getting on with the product, be it the book in this case, that, that inevitably in that process, the sharing becomes part of that, doesn't it? Because, you know, if someone is, yeah, having a, a life-changing, um, you know, fitness experience, it's going to be apparent. It's gonna, they're going to have a conversation about that as well. And I suppose it's even the case with the, the four-hour work week there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the all of the, the recipes, for instance, in the four-hour chef are – with the exception of cheat day, slow carb diet compliance. So what people will end up doing, even if they don't have, even if they don't think about it, is they could end up losing, you know, 20, 25 pounds in a month and never feel hungry, but they won't think of it as a diet. And uh, so I'm, I'm baking that in as well. But even the form factor, one of the things I noticed with the four-hour body is it was 592 pages. And the Choose Your Own Adventure book, certainly, so you don't have to read the whole thing. But instead of being shipped in the normal Amazon boxes, it came in a parcel box. Okay, and I noticed people were were taking unboxing photographs and unboxing videos, uh, which ended up really driving <laughs> a lot of traffic and attention to the book, which was fascinating. So this book, 
Uh, I mean, I cut 250 pages from it, but it's it's a big book, and it will also yeah. it'll also end up in the same type of uh, parcel box. What makes this also interesting and experimental for me is, from a design standpoint, it's it's a gorgeous book. I mean, it's 1,500 plus photos, illustrations, you name it, and I think that that will also get more travel as a result because a lot of the elements in this book could be used. I, I could adapt them to be infographics. And that lends itself very well to some of these sharing services and websites online uh, that really uh, focus on, on graphics and infographics. And Tim, I know you kind of, um, you're an advisor and kind of a, you know, investor in, in a, in a number of um, startup businesses. Do you, you know, would you kind of recommend that they take a similar kind? Cause you know, I, 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 I'm a huge fan of kind of your launch approach and that, that kind of, you know, the blitz almost. And I can see how that works really well. But I suppose in some ways it's potentially a little bit of conflict with kind of the lean startup kind of agile approach as well. Do you think that kind of most startups, there's particular lessons that they can learn from that that some of the people you've been working with have, have taken from your experience of, um, you know, these successful launches? I, th- I think so. I would like to think so. And I mean, certainly the reason a lot of these startups come to me is specifically to advise with not only product development, but, but launch. And I think it's important to realize that the, the marketing is 80 per, 80% baked into the product, right? And then the rest of it is, is strategy and timing to a large extent. But I would say that you ha- different companies have different approaches and there's no one silver bullets. The, the, the agile so the lean startup approach can be very, very effective. Uh, and I'm, I'm uh, uh, working with a company called Lyft or an app called Lyft, which was incubated by the, uh, the Twitter guys and the obvious corporation. So Ev and Biz and whatnot. And I was, I think, the only, the first outside investor or one of the first two outside investors in the same round. And uh, they have a very iterative MVP approach that has been extremely, extremely effective. On the other hand, uh, I mean, I think you have companies that certainly have an iter- iterative approach like Evernote. I'm an advisor at Evernote and have been for two or three years. But they, th- and they, do, they do take a lot of feedback, but they also focus internally on producing the, the best, most polished product possible. Mm. And I think that's more of a Henry Ford approach where it's like, okay, look, I'm not going to ask you what you want because you're going to say a faster horse <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to make a car. I'm not going to give you 20 options. You can have any color as long as it's black. And there you go. Uh, which is, I think, very similar to how Steve Jobs approached things too. It's not like he was doing, you know, live Quora events to determine how he should design his next product with Johnny Ives. Um, so I, I think that the the most important aspect of of the launch process that that I can think of that is broadly applicable is number one, not focusing in your silo. So if you're in tech, not looking just at tech outlets. If you're in food, not just looking at food outlets but rather how you can craft a story, whether it's a trend piece or otherwise, for the outlets that have the most valuable audiences. Secondly, not spreading yourself so thin so that uh, it's, it's like someone seeing you know, an orange golf ball come down a huge like Niagara Falls once every <laughs> 10 minutes, <laughs> it, not even noticeable, which is basically how the internet is, is, uh, functions. But instead, having like you know a thousand orange golf balls come down at once, which everyone notices, uh, and really compressing things into one week or so. Fantastic! And just to finish off with a final question, Tim, I've, I've you know read a huge number of you know good books and good blog posts off the back of your recommendations. Is there anything in particular that you've kind of read recently that you kind of you know uh, re, you know really heartily endorse, other than of course um, the Four Hour Chef? 
Uh, is this specific to marketing or broadly speaking? Broadly, I think you know some of the um, stirs and stuff I've read off the back of yours. I found particularly interesting as well. So it's kind of just more general, I suppose. Yeah, actually, uh, I've read recently for anyone who wants to understand how media works and PR in a digital world. Uh, there's a book called Trust Me, I'm Lying, written by Ryan Holiday, who's director of marketing for American Apparel. I found that very, very fascinating and mm. certainly uh, accurate reflect my own experience over the last few years. Mm. So that, I think, is a very good read, even if it's just to understand uh, how to play self-defense in a digital world. I think it's very important. Uh, secondly, uh, there is a book called Mastery that is actually coming out about a week before mine by uh, an author named Robert Greene who wrote The 48 Laws of Power and whatnot. But his book is called Mastery, so it's actually it's really unusual. It's, uh, I, I got an early copy of it, and it is, uh, it's about mastering skills, becoming world-class, but it covers a couple of areas that I don't go into great depth on, such as apprenticeship. And he and he talks. He gives a wide range of historical examples, ranging from Renaissance painters to current bo- world famous boxing coaches, etc. Uh, and those two have, been, have really been good. Mastery is almost like a, a complement, a companion book to the Four Hour Chef, and they go, they go together really well. Uh, those would be two that jump to mind. There's also one called uh, I think it's the There's a book on Cato. Uh, okay, the, yeah. Which uh, and so stoicism, as many listeners may realize, is something that I've paid a lot of attention and studied over the years. Uh, primarily Seneca, but the, there's there's a new uh, biography of Cato that uh, written by uh, Jimmy Sonny and uh, and his co-author, which I found fantastic. Uh, so th- those would be a few that that come to mind. And as far as let's say marketing goes, the more the most recent Tim O'Reilly piece uh, on social media. Is, is just outstanding. So those would be a few uh, morsels that I think would be worth feeding the brain. Fantastic. Thanks very much for that, Tim. Wonderful. All right, man. Well, nice to reconnect, and I appreciate you taking the time. I really appreciate it. Cheers, Tim. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three. 256 or 150. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273 256 150. And you can leave a voice, comment, or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.